Let's do this. Beautiful human animals, welcome to a very special two-part freeform episode of Everything We Do. I've got a handful of the Healthy Health podcasts, aka Better Health and World, in the hopper, and I'm pretty sure I'm going to dump all of them this week because I'm tired of having a backlog and I want them all to be fresh. Also, at Jonah's MMA, already recorded the Better Fight Cast earlier tonight with a former regular uh, participant. What was his name again? <laughs> at MMA underscore Insomniac? Was that him? Is that his name? Sean Newbauer. That's his I got the Twitter handle right, right? My right, brother right? from the right, same right, right, mother. Right. I saw him a few nights ago at the most recent UFC pay-per-view fight card, and I was very satisfied with uh, the event. Uh, not everybody was super thrilled. I had also hedged my bets and managed my expectations well before it started. Perhaps we'll get into that because, like I said, they already recorded it. The experts already talked about it, but we're going to talk about it also at some point. We're going to mix it in with everything else. going to talk a little health talk because there is some stuff to talk about. And uh, one of uh, you know all, all of our personal favorite subjects is pop culture, especially like movies and some TV shows. I also can, you know, I think we're, we're have some expertise on the subject too here. In well, I've directed film shorts, written screenplays in school. I was a columnist for two publications, a thrice published poet, and the entertainment editor for my high school newspaper. I can talk shop, especially when it comes to movies. Um, it's kind of like the NFL somehow I just managed to hear and keep up with what's going on just through the ether because I'm tuned to it I have a love-hate relationship with the NFL and to the, the the evolution of movies to a point but there's still so many good movies coming out I can't really say I feel the same about the film industry as I do about the National Football League much so much more satisfied with some of the you know a lot of the a lot of the product coming out and there's too much to keep up with there's too many good movies just that's too many good the TV shows. Too much, yeah but that's good because that means you're doing the right things with your life because you got obligations and responsibilities and more important things and when you do when you know and I still manage I still manage to fit it in like it's you know I've seen some some good some good stuff recently some current TV shows some movies perhaps we'll get into that I'm not sure how much health talk we're gonna get into it does kind of bleed into it because it is you know the lifestyle that we lead or try to lead and various peaks, peaks and valleys of, of leading it so i do want to mention that i am a certified personal trainer in addition to being a credentialed writer by the way this is matthew crocomo jr at matthew j better also a uh yeah well i think i already said credentialed writer certified personal trainer but i am not acting in this capacity on this program all information presented here is strictly for educational entertainment purposes furthermore should I reference another person, program, or piece of literature, I am not necessarily endorsing every position or opinion that any might represent. Please, consult the appropriate medical professional before making any serious changes to your diet or lifestyle. Boom. <laughs> That's how we live, everybody. What do we want to talk about? What's going on? Um, oh, Gabby underscore T. Yeah, sorry, guys. Not reading from a, from a <laughs> script or anything. I'm a jerk. Gab, uh, Gabrielle Tambo. Are in her in-house nursing student and uh, more of an expert on mixed martial arts than Joe. Uh, she's pretty much got the Disney canon down pat as well as many mm-hmm. other things. Um, Anything going on in Disney lately? As far as the fitness goes, uh, got that country Toy Story heat Land unlocked. is going to be opening up. 
this month, Twisterland, and Toy Story 4 has a release date for June of next year. Wow. That's big. <laughs> wow. Nice. Trying to put out. That's the big things. That's it. I no, mean, that's all they've done so, so far with that big purchase about a month ago. Well, Solo a Star Wars Story is coming out in a month. Six, a <laughs> month and a half, two months. Um, As a Star Wars fan, have they been overdoing it? Or is it yes. okay? Because I, I feel like they're... I mean, I'm, I'm not a Star Wars guy. I haven't seen any. But I feel I like there's a Star Wars every week. I am going to reserve my job. Okay, right after I saw The Force Awakens, which is the first wave of the new Star Wars movies post-prequel. Okay, the prequels, which were made by the original man himself, lowered the bar significantly. It's an interesting franchise. It's very bizarre. In some cases, it's got the like strongest, cultiest following... But they were all just so deflated by the man when the prequels came out. So it doesn't. So you don't want him to do it, you know. J.J. Abrams, sure, why not? The you know, um, I have mixed feelings about Force Awakens. It felt like a gen. It felt more like a Star Wars movie than any of the prequels did, though. So mm-hmm. I was very happy about that. Uh, Rogue One kind of bored me, but maybe that's because of. What I had going on, I was mm-hmm. watching it with my kid. A lot going on. It's a movie maybe you need to focus on. A lot of people say it's... I've heard some people say it's the best Star Wars movie ever. I've heard some good things about it. Maybe for non-diehards, it it's the best movie ever in the Star Wars series because it is got like a solid, tight plot and everything. It's interesting. What do you say? I haven't seen it yet, but I've heard it's pretty good from... My cousins who are really into Star Wars, they really, I would say I should, really I should, I, I probably ought to rewatch it based mm-hmm. on the people that have given it such the praise, and I'm pretty good at filtering through critics' BS and mm-hmm. the how how the you know what's trendy kind of clouds the judgment of what people say, and you know I can be kind of critical of how you know when movies seem like they're being too Oscar-y and that kind of thing like I'm I, you know I think I'm pretty good at sniffing that kind of thing out mm-hmm. so it's it's the jury is still out once Solo Star Wars Story comes out and once J.J. Abrams wraps up the trilogy that he started and then handed off to someone else and what that guy did I was very satisfied with at the time when I had time to reflect on it you know I'm talking about The Last Jedi of course I was kind of disappointed in some things a lot, of, lot more things. The more I thought about it, it seemed like it's important stuff for one thing. Spoiler alert, there's no lightsaber duel in that movie. And I think that is my biggest problem with it. And mm-hmm. there were some very cool lightsaber fights, like like boss. Like, okay, I'm not going to go any further. I don't know if everybody's <laughs> seen it here. I'll let it go. Have you guys seen it? I have. I haven't seen any Star Wars. Oh, whatever. I'm still not going to spoil it for you, even though you don't care. So about this relationship. <laughs> <laughs> That's fine, man. Uh, I have once those two movies come out, I think I can tell you whether or not they've watered down the product or whether they've executed something close to a vision. But I don't want to be too particular about that because that's actually another aspect of entertainment, media, and culture, especially the serialized, high quality serialized cable dramas that I've been a big fan of, but have also been starting to sort of fall off of. Because I want to, I want to, you know, are these are these representations of the human experience, grand visions, or are they just like having a bunch of stuff happen to entertain us? Or are they just, you know, spinning spinning the watch or, or whatever, um, spinning pinwheel, rocking walk, rocking the watch back and forth. <laughs> um, but 
and and you think about things like The Walking Dead. Like I won't, I'm not, I'm gonna, I'm gonna dance around what's going on with The Walking Dead because I'm very happy with what's been going on very recently, and I've been watching it from the jump, and I've been very disappointed and kind of bored at different points throughout the series. Like if I wasn't watching it with a family member, I might have stopped watching it. But I what season up. is it on? Eight. Oh, okay, that's why. But. And like sometimes you hear, you know, and it's ba- it's got a it's got a very well respected source material. It's from a series of comic books, some graphic novels, uh, very highly regarded. And the creators of the comic, I believe, are still executive producers on the show. I'm not, I'm not sure. So I think sometimes they might not get a say. They especially don't get a say when it has to do with in uh, get the hammer. That'll fix that. Um, actor contracts when people just leave the show and they got to, and you know that that wasn't part of some original grand vision, of mm-hmm. course. But the way they work around the way they, the way they, the things that they do with it when some of those actors have to leave one, and like I said, I'm not going to give away any spoilers. I'm going to talk about it. But I'm going to talk about it in such a way that people that are still seasons behind, because I know people that are still watching it, but they're two and a half seasons behind. And I don't want to give any of it away, because mm-hmm. that is one of the series that in like Game of Thrones. I'm try, I try, you know, when we're on this platform, I'm not going to spoil any of it because I think it's something that people should watch all the way through. Take your time. I'm not going to be the one to ruin it for you, at least not on purpose. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I did accidentally spoil The Force Awakens for someone who didn't care a whole lot about it. I assumed that that person had seen it. Oh, sorry, bro. <laughs> um. So the vision thing, and that I'm very happy with something that The Walking Dead did recently with, they they say it was an actor that had to leave the show, uh, killing off his character, or her character, and how they, what, what they've done with that was masterful, and it's, it, it's gonna have implications that make, and the things that they're doing with it right now, and the way it's drawing together characters, and it's... You know the 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 tendrils of a storyline that's been building for three seasons maybe is starting to really culminate, and you know allegedly this this actor had a contract issue or something with the producers or something, and they're gone, and now it's integral to the way this whole thing is coming together, and it's like you would have thought that it was playing the whole time it's mm-hmm. it's beautiful and i was very critical of this show i actually thought the spinoff was doing better for a little while as far yeah, as the spinoff well it's a prequel fear the walking dead it's oh. been on it's going into its fourth season maybe mm-hmm. or maybe I'm, it's I'm halfway watched... through its third season yeah walking dead wasn't my thing six months ago or maybe even more recently than that halfway through the season of the walking dead right now and then you got mid-season breaks so i don't even know what ha- what that what that that phrase halfway through the season means but I would have said that the spinoff is actually doing much better, and I was satisfied with that show's vision of the way it's evolving characters. And I, you know, at this point, whether they planned it ahead or not, I don't care. It seems like they are doing real things with these people, and maybe that is an important aspect of life because maybe it's not scripted. We're not supposed to have a traditional story arc necessarily, and maybe that's why these things hit. Can, can hit closer, closer to home, even though you're watching people in post-apocalyptic landscape full of corpses that have been reanimated and want to kill you, and it's, if they scratch your skin, you're done. And we can still identify with these people and empathize with them on a human level and 
connect with the struggles and the conflicts that they're having and the, the human relationships, you know, with the other living human, human relationships also that are going on can really make you appreciate your own position and reflect on similar conflicts you have with, or not necessarily conflicts, but dynamics with, with people in our own lives. And the, the, you know, the, one of the, there was a little soliloquy in this last episode, as far as, you know, art making, you try to appreciate life. Uh, I think that's one of its major goals. There was a little soliloquy in this last, the most recent episode of the walking dead where Carl, the, Carl's talking to Rick. The two main characters of the series, two out of the three or four main characters of the series, also from the jump, pretty much. Even though I don't think Carl was introduced to like the second or third or fourth episode or something. I don't. I can't remember. Um, but he was talking to him about how things were before uh, the you know the apocalypse, and you know he he's saying he's telling his father that he's got it he's got the ability in him right now and the resources and the the clout and everything to i guess that's you know half spoiler alert but i mean come on it's rick you know of course he's still around of course he's still the man or one of the man in, in a good sense not like the man not that not the bad the man well maybe i mean at times he has been that's very interesting it's very interesting the things they've done with those characters in that show and sometimes i think they're kind of tired and sometimes i think all right you're gonna bounce back and forth a little bit sometimes you might skirt a little more towards the negative and the maybe like vain or something it's it's fascinating um but he was telling him how he you know he's got it in him to make it so that people instead of this it's gonna it'll go it could go back to people having jobs and going to school and Friday night pizzas, maybe, if that's possible. And, you know, walking your three-year-old son down to the farm and not having, and, you know, knowing that it's like a, like civilization, like safe, knowing that you have safety, you know, instilling safety or as much safety as a person can give the people because success and being an adult, another thing he says is not about uh, making you know making a lot of money or i can't remember exactly what he said it's not what he thought it was you know being successful is not what he thought it was it's providing safety to the people that you care about and it's just you know this show it just makes me like yeah like it really touches it's truth it's 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 truth it is presenting some truth and it really makes you appreciate like i'm glad we have jobs in school and you know bills and paperwork and bs and have to deal with bureaucracies instead of the undead or maybe even not the undead but just you know the complete collapse of things and back to you know war you know warring being being warring neighboring tribes and stuff you know it's nice you know we still do have to worry you know anything you know the the streets or the jungle it's another thing i've touched on in this a lot um for years uh and you know, but it's not quite the jungle that it that it could be. Like we're not, you know, we do. There is a sense of safety, and it is, you know, it's you know, there's a lot of crap, and it feels sometimes it feels like we're doing a lot of chasing our tails and treading water and what whatnot, and throwing our monies into uh, throwing you know throwing money into holes for a lot of just like BS and getting no you know insurance and all these surcharges on our cable bill and stuff like that. Like it seems kind, of, but it's you know. Like thank God it's that and not not it could be so much so much worse so much worse. Well, I have been spending a lot of time watching. I've gotten back into the show. I don't know if you ever watched it on Showtime. Shameless. I love William H Macy. I've never seen that show. Really, I've never seen it. I've heard. I know it's quality. 
You I don't know talk if about I want to watch some great scenes. I mean, you you want to watch something that's just I, over the top and unpredictable. I lived in a neighborhood in Baltimore for ten years, and I was around a lot of those people. Kind of, I think it's great. <laughs> you know, I love it. I love it. I'm in. I'm in. It's like when I watch The Office. The Office is hilarious, but I feel so much like I'm in an office, and I don't want to be in an office. When I had my last job, I restarted the like office because that's what I felt like when I was going to work every day. Yeah. Except their office was a lot cooler. Well, yeah. The but I, I still felt very... it still felt too officey for me that I couldn't handle. Like I've I've watched plenty of Office. I've watched seasons of it. Like with you know if I'm you know with somebody and we're it's a show that we're watching together. That's a little bit different when you're trying to find you know a, a marriage of tastes. And the office is hilarious, consistently, epically funny writing. Every episode I've seen, I haven't seen a, most of. I've seen most of like the original cast. I haven't seen a lot of the newer, the newer people that I know are good actors. Like I think Ed Helms was a re, was a regular cast member, right? The guy from uh, Hangover, the dentist from Hangover. Yeah, toward the, the last the last couple seasons, he was. Did he take over for like, Dwight Schrute, or was Dwight still there? He kind of filled his role in a way, though. To be no, like, Dwight was there. It was up. more. Um... But he kind of be, he kind of became the kiss up to the boss. Yeah. In the way that Dwight used to be, maybe. Yeah, well, they competed a lot. Okay. Yeah, they competed. Great characters. I mean, the Office is hilarious. But, yeah, I was a big so, Office fan, but so what's about what about Shameless? Shameless. So is, William H Macy is basically the patriarch of a bunch of bums. No, he's the biggest he's bum, the bum, and he's the dad. Right. He's uh, opioids and and just a real depiction of your well, classic they all American family getting like. Government assistance or something? How do they even survive? No, Where do they even. live? Do they live in dumpsters? Like what do the they do? The older sister had to take care of all the kids. Okay. So it's what it's, does she do? Is she a hairdresser or she's everything? Sorry, no um, offense to hairdressers. You I, have I don't to just watch I shouldn't it. be it's guessing. Just, it's a great take on an American family. It's I'm, not Roseanne. Man, I know some high class hairdressers. I feel like a jerk for being that being the it's, guess. It's, what does she do? It's not Roseanne. She does a bunch of things. I mean, throughout <laughs> the show, you got to watch. I mean, it's okay. just she's she's going from job to job to job. It's the true American struggle for somebody in that type of situation. Mm-hmm. Two deadbeat parents that are both on drugs. The mother left. The father's there, but he's worse than the black baby. It, that's at the bottom of the totem pole of the family. That's I funny. mean, it was the older sister. There's there's Lip, who is the second oldest, who's the oldest brother at least. And then you have the gay brother Ian, who 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 is who is kind of the middle. And then there's um, I can't Carl. remember who's older. It's either Carl, who's uh, the third uh, boy, um, or it's uh, I can't no, remember I the girl's um, name Debbie. right now. Debbie. Debbie but anyway, there's Carl, there's another one. There's Carl. There's Debbie, and then there's um, uh, the Liam. young Liam. Liam, all white, and then the baby's black. Yeah, interesting. It's a very interesting story, and they don't just tell you how oh, the baby got funny. there. Oh, that's funny. There was like some genetic thing. Even though they're both white, they both had a gene in, in them that like 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 a recessive gene. I can't like, remember. Black, and you they know both what? had a black recessive gene that. It ended up they the baby got both recessive genes and came out black. Just huh. put it this way: that that's one of the f- many crazy storylines in this. St- it it's makes just, me want to look up and see if that's actually possible, or if we're supposed to I assume that the it. mom lied. It's yeah. a little over the if top. If they're both but it's recessive genes, it's just, well, it's if, it, it seems like it might be a dominant gene that they both. It seems like it would be the dominant gene because I mean maybe that's naive, but I would think I mean. Well, they made it started actually as a sitcom in the UK. 
Oh, it's a remake. And it's a remake, and then but I mean, I don't. That's know if, right. I don't know if the UK remade it this that. many times because I just finished a seventh season. I doubt it. And the cast and everything that that is with this Shameless crew mm-hmm. is just perfect. I think they're all excellent actors. It's a great story. It goes over the top sometimes. It's like a raunchy, poverty American take of a crazy family mm-hmm. that's just struggling every day to get survived. They bring every topic in the world you can think of. They don't hide from any issues. It's just, it's, I, I recommend it. I love it. Is each episode it. typically sort of like following a bunch of, you know, a couple, probably a decent amount of storylines going on? Goes, there's yeah, a, there's a lot going on. A lot of characters. Always a lot One going of those on. shows. And when something concludes, just expect the most craziest things that happen. Mm-hmm. It's just, it's insane. Yeah. I love it. And I love it. I just finished the seventh season. I was a big fan of the seventh season. Uh, I remember seasons one and especially two mm. were fire. And if I remember correctly, three was very good too. I kind of got lost through four, five, and six. It still kept your attention. Yeah. But then season seven, for some reason, maybe because I took some time and went back to it, I thought was really good. And I'm, I'm excited to start season eight. Okay. So that that's what I've been into lately. Let me see. This. I've recently rewatched the first two Terminator movies. And I've talked some James Cameron on here. And he's a very impressive filmmaker. He makes the he he enters the conversation and I would have to strongly consider putting him we talk about the best director ever you know who makes that list of best directors ever james cameron is definitely in that conversation and recently you know i've talked a lot of aliens lately i'm i've been a big fan of that franchise i wasn't into it when i was younger more into the terminators and predators and that kind of thing uh especially aliens the second one which of course ridley scott created it he made the first movie and he's had something to do. I think he directed both of the prequels that just came out. But he, after the first movie, the series pretty much got handed off. And the first person that took the helm was James Cameron for Aliens. And that is arguably the quintessential Alien movie, even more so than the first one. Because you really. That's who. Like, he took Ripley and. Real, you've seen it, right? You've seen Aliens? Made Ripley what Ripley is. That's what pe- people picture Ripley as. I mean, it's just it's just a beautiful film. It's ma- it's it's another it's a masterpiece. And the very you know, early in the beginning when she's having the nightmares and Paul Reiser's company bureaucrat is trying to talk her into going uh, to the to the colony that is the site of the first where they found the egg in the first movie. Uh, he wants her expertise to support the, the the Marines to go in, and she doesn't want to go. She doesn't want anything to do with it, but she's got to confront her fear. And one of the, you know, when she's still struggling with it, and before she agrees to it, she says, "I'm not a soldier." And then just just that that echoes in my mind when you see her later after they're about to get away, and Newt falls in a trap door on the way out of the whole complex, and falls to the bowels of the whole structure and you know michael beans hicks is hobbled um bishop the android is uh, i guess he's just not trying to go back into the place i can't remember if he was banged up at that point or not they all were 
Pretty much, yeah. It was Hicks, it was Hicks Bishop, and Ripley yeah. in the very end. Hicks Bishop and Lance Henrik is Bishop, of course. Be, mm-hmm. Oh, love Bishop. Oh God, Lance Henriksen's so good. He's he's good pretty much anything. You can't really can't get wrong with some Lance Henriksen. There's, mm-hmm. there's just not enough of him out there. Uh, I wonder if he's still alive. Um, Terminator so, One's getting pretty old. Well, Aliens yeah, is really old. He's beautiful in Terminator also. It was yeah. 84 and 87, I believe. I think James Cameron did the first Terminator before he did Aliens. I'm pretty sure. Aliens might have been what gave him the cloud to do Terminator, or it might have just helped build his cloud to do Terminator 2. I mean, the man invents technology to make movies. Mm-hmm. He did what George Lucas did with Star Wars, but he keeps doing it with every, just about every movie. I don't know about every movie, but with Avatar, he's been pushing it. To, to the extreme, the you know the computer animation capturing of the of a uh, human face, that's what makes that movie so realistic. One of the, you know, or one of the revolutionary things, in addition to all the other stuff and making it super three D friendly and everything. Um, but yeah, just you know, making that you know, think about Ripley saying, um, and you talk about James Cameron doing something great for female badasses. Think about Sarah Connor. And Ripley, like, it, it, does it get even? Does it get any better than either of those two? Mm-hmm. <laughs> if you don't have some kind of superpower or something, it's just, it's just oh, oh, great. Um, you know, and, and then Ripley's just she's you know she sticks Michael Bean on a on a on a on a bed in the ship and uh, you know a medical cot or whatever, and she duct tapes the flamethrower to the to the rifle and got the tracking device and she's just going to go into the lion's den completely alone completely alone just think of that when she's saying i am not a soldier like that is just ah it's glorious and just tearing through that place like a one-woman army and just ah it's and what 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 follows from that just y'all everybody needs to go back and rewatch aliens it's great and uh I feel so worn out. I don't even want to talk about. And that's from the seventies, you said. Oh, I think Alien was seventy nine. I believe Aliens. I wanted to say Aliens was. I want to say Terminator was eighty four and Aliens was eighty seven. But that means Alien might not be seventy nine. It might be more like eighty. It seems like Aliens got to be seventy nine though. And I don't think Aliens would be. Maybe Aliens is eighty four and Terminator was eighty seven. Terminator two was ninety two or ninety one. Yeah, I'm pretty sure 84. Terminator would have been 84. I want to say, okay, I'm going to go Aliens 87. Did you find out? No. I saw you looking. I don't know where my phone is. I guess my phone's plugged in charging somewhere. Well, what do you guys think of Terminator? I can find out. When's the last time you saw the Terminator movies? It's been years. Well, uh, both of them have been years. Yeah. Um, Man, there's a lot of those movies, like action hero movies, I want to see from like the, the late 80s and early 90s. That have lately, because maybe that's what I grew up on and it still has my imagination as when I was younger and actually believed that stuff. Mm -hmm. Um, Terminator was definitely one of them. I remember the first Terminator, because I saw Terminator 2 before I saw Terminator 1. Me too. So when you watch Terminator 1 and you're younger and you're not really into, you know, there was no internet. So there's no, the secret's not out yet unless it was through word of mouth. Mm-hmm. So when you watch the second one and Arnold Schwarzenegger's the good guy, yeah, and then you watch the first one and you realize Arnold Schwarzenegger's the bad guy, mm-hmm. it really throws your mind through the ringer, like, what is happening oh, God, that scene where John Connor and the T-800 and Arnold are going to the... 
insane asylum, the mental the, the mental institution to bust out Sarah Connor, and she's already running through the halls, and she's mm-hmm. waiting for the elevator, and that look in her eye when she sees him come out, ah, she's freaking out, and you just think back to that first movie, oh my god. Well, that oh, and the fact man. that the second one, I mean, first both movies Is that when good. he's the one, when he's the one who's like, come with me if you want to live. Yeah. <laughs> like, ah, oh, and that's right after, or right before The Shrink. Gets to see the T-1000 melt through the bars, and it's the same thing from the first movie. Mm-hmm. Well, Arnold Schwarzenegger yeah. movies has been a thing of interest, because since he had that, that heart that, that heart problem yeah. recently, and then he, it, it, you know, of course he stayed alive, he, he obviously survived it, I think he had to have surgery. Mm-hmm. Um, it made me want to go back and watch all his movies and really appreciate how great he was, because there is a lot of movies that Arnold has played in that were just really good. Um, how... I don't know because I never thought he was a great actor. It's his presence. It is. It's just his presence. I mean, he was allegedly selected for his very first American film, Hercules in New York, straight off the boat from Austria. Just straight off the boat. And I've seen a clip or two of the movie, and it looks absolutely ridiculous. Yeah, I'm I sure. I believe Conan the, Bobar- the Barbarian... Or Red Sonja, but was when, when he has... whichever one of those was the first in the series was his second movie, and then the other one was his third movie, and then I think Terminator was more or less his fourth movie. But he had Terminator you know. One and Two. You go back and you can rewatch the Predator movie. You can rewatch uh, Total Recall. Um, Total Recall is a beautiful. What about film. the one he did with Jamie Lee Curtis and uh, True Lies? True Lies, directed by guess who? That was a guess great who? Movie. Guess who directed True Lies? Same, the same guy that did uh, Aliens. James Cameron, and um, great you know, movie. True Lies was a great movie. Eraser. He had um, uh, there was one that was really dark. I think it was like had the devil in it. Or yeah, something. and End of Days. End of Days. That was a really good one. I mean, he has and a that bunch. had Adrian Byrne, I believe Adrian or Gabriel Byrne. Gabriel Byrne as the devil. Gabriel Byrne is a very and it's funny. Gabriel Byrne's a very great actor. I, he's another one you don't. I I personally haven't seen enough of him. I don't know if he's got a whole bunch of movies out there that I don't know about. But End of Days was a great one. It's funny because he was in another devil theme movie. It was uh, like not quite horror, but like thrillers, supernatural, supernatural thriller. Uh, you know, I got with Patricia Arquette called Stigmata, and she was the. I guess title character ish, <laughs> and he was. I think he was a priest or something in that, trying to help her out. He played, you know, the the second supporting good guy, and also Gabriel Byrne, of course, uh, was pretty much the main character in The Usual Suspects. And we all know Usual Suspects, right? That's mm-hmm. that's that's got to be in the conversation for one of the best, you know, at least crime movies ever. There. Yeah, and definitely since it was the first gonna, one it's, with its, its big first it's probably, plot twist. It's probably in the best 100 movies ever made. Probably, you know, I'm pretty sure that would have to be in that. that movie was so far ahead of its time. Oh, yeah, yeah, I mean, the both, ending was just like it was just such a mind blown yeah, moment at the super end. Super twist ending, but it, you don't feel cheated. You, no, because the way he was just reading stuff off the backboard, like. God, he was just making it all up. I mean, oh, Benicio del Toro, some early vintage Benicio del Toro, who is gonna be cement. That movie probably cemented him in the canon already. In addition to all the other things that he's done since then, in my mind, he's he's forever gonna be loved for his role in Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas as mm-hmm. the you know the the, the companion, the uh, Laszlo Laszlo. I don't even remember. I was obsessed with that stuff back in the day. 
Um, yeah, but I mean, I mean, uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger, he he's a great and and when you like I said, I watched Terminator Two before Terminator One, so like I said, you're thrown in for that curveball when you realize he's the bad guy in the first one. Mm-hmm. Now, of course, my my general consumption, thinking back on it, I definitely liked the second one better than the first one. But the oh, reason I yeah, liked the dude. first one so much, I mean, the second one so much better was a maybe because I saw that one first, and b because I mean. It's a better. Come on. It's a better film. It broke. Like Aliens is better than Alien. Yeah. Both by James Cameron. He outdid himself with Terminator. He he. I mean, it's hard to say you outdid the guy who created the concept as far as outdoing Ridley Scott, but he took it to that next level. Oh, you know and, what? Speaking of the Aliens franchise, there was a. Movie. Oh, by the way, Aliens '86, Aliens '79, Terminator '84, Terminator '291. So I missed one by one year. Uh, but the look, okay, it had Adrian Brody in it. What? Was it Aliens or Predator? I think it Predators. was Predator. It was Predators. Yeah. Did you like the that? Whole That's what I wanted to ask you. Yeah. I thought that, that was, was really good. good. Yeah. Okay, so this is a movie where Adrian Brody is trapped on this planet. And I guess it's... Are they supposed to be prisoners? Do they even explain why they get dropped you there? You know what? They didn't have There's, to. Whatever they did... very plot The heavy. new take they did it's on Predators, just the way they heavy. redid it, I thought was But basically, perfect. this movie, it's a... It, Adrian Brody, you get the sense it's, you know, the future. Dropped on a planet... He and I can't remember what comes first if he runs into other human beings or if he sees some predators first. But you know, basically, the the they're dropped on this planet. There's some uh, a bunch of random human beings are dropped on the planet. They uh, a group is more or less forms. You know, as we are wont to do. Uh, the different group dynamics, of course, play out as they are fighting. I don't want to say a planet full of predators, but there are a decent amount of predators running around. Mm-hmm. And it was fun. There was different predators, and I think at one point there was a good predator who kind of helped them out. I actually think they were prisoners. The people. Yeah, that that's what I that. thought. I thought they were prisoners. They were like convicts or whatnot. Yeah. And uh, all committed heinous crimes. I'm convinced that Adrian Brody could be a legit action star. I uh-huh. guess a lot of people weren't because I haven't seen it since then, but. He's done I thought this. that movie in particular, that was such a sleeper movie. Yeah, I very much enjoyed it. I felt movie. like it had a soft it role was cool. coming out because it, cool. it was a remake of Predators. But at the well, time, it's we not were even getting... necessarily a remake. It's just another well, we Predator lot... movie. Yeah, but know? we were getting it's a lot not... of... But, but Predator is such a classic movie. Mm-hmm. And at the time, I remember when that came out, I want to say there was a lot of... Like, Terminator was being re- redone. Like, not well, remade, all sequels. but... Yeah, they're but all like, sequels. And the new th- attempts. The How about that? The third and the fifth one are, were not very good. Mm-hmm. Not Pretty much not good at all. Pretty the newer attempts, and it was the at fourth a time one was for pretty that. decent. Terminator Salvation with Christian Bale and the guy from Avatar, and it was directed by Mick G, uh, the guy who did the Charlie's Angels movies. And uh, well, I actually went to theaters to see Predators. I'm trying to remember okay, why I saw I think, it on TV. I definitely. I think it was because I was HBO. with. It was just such a sneaky movie that I really enjoyed at the time, and, and of course, bringing up Aliens, Predators, it, it made me just think of that randomly. I had no I intention think, of even talking about this. All right. Mick G. It says he's known for... It mentions the Charlie's Angels, Terminator Salvation, and We Are Marshall. That's was Oh, he was a producer on that. Come on, give me the director. I want to know what he directed. I gotta... I gotta... The director is like the head coach. The producers are more like the general managers. Come on. Why you gotta make me fight for it so hard, IMDb? The Babysitter? Well, I guess we got another remake going out because The Babysitter was a horror movie, right? 
I feel like there's a million movies called The Babysitter. Ew, he directed two episodes of the Lethal Weapon TV series. I mean, I bet that's okay. It's got uh, Damon Wayans, but I'm just... When I saw... I don't watch too much... I watch a decent amount of TV shows, but I am selective about them. I get them through Amazon and HBO Now and that kind of thing. So I don't... You know, now that... But I, I mean, I'm living with people who watch TV, so I still do see some more commercials. But I... I was at work when I saw a commercial for the Lethal Weapon TV series, and I was like, come on! Really? 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 We're just... We're desperate. Just, we're just gonna do anything... But TV's desperate right now for ratings. Everything, aren't we? Directed an episode of Chuck. Come on, McG. I know there's some movie... Oh, no, I guess he hasn't really done that much. Whatever. Like I Everybody said, it was a quietly was good movie. I thought it was well done. Predators, yeah. Mm-hmm. And just the human interactions and everything. Yeah, it was cool. It was entertaining. It's been a couple of years since I've seen it, but it's that was that a solid re-watch. film. And as far as its loose adherence to having a plot or a story arc, they executed and they did have one with all the, you know, when the course of the group dwindled as it is want to do in mm-hmm. those movies. Um, there's anything else I wanted to say about Terminator 2. Oh, I know what it was. Terminator 2 and Aliens has something it's 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 funny that a thing has to be so great it has to have its predecessor even though it outdoes its predecessor but it couldn't be anywhere it couldn't be it couldn't even exist without that thing and it's just it needs that build up to be the wonderful work of art that it is it needs that prelude at the very least and that's also how i felt about one of you know my my favorite comic book series is a four-part series called batman the dark Knight returns Written and illustrated by Frank Miller, legendary comic book artist. It really, uh, I th- I'm pretty sure that that's what really reinvented Batman as being the super. I mean, it was dark. It is a dark adult comic. It takes place. It's a, it's an imaginary tale. Eventually, DC Comics would. I'm pretty sure this predates when DC Comics started doing a recurring thing where they called them Elseworlds tales, where they would take their characters and just put them in fantastical situations, sometimes in different timelines, sometimes in the current timeline where they're bad, or you know, Superman's ship lands somewhere else and somebody else gets a hold of him when he's a baby, and that that kind of thing, and they you know play out that storyline. And this, I believe, is one of the first times that that DC did it. I don't know if it's the first time any comic book really did it. I don't know if it predates. Marvel had a series of comic lines, uh, a, a comic line called "What What If," and they would do all these other imaginary tales with their their the characters. Uh, this might be the first one. It's definitely the best time it's ever been done, I would say. And it's just, and it, it wouldn't be what it is. It wouldn't be this beautiful work of art if it didn't have the whole canon leading up to it. Even though it's better than all of that thing, and I love that paradox. That's beautiful. <laughs> And I don't know. I don't know what else to say about it. I just like to make that comparison. I don't know. You guys okay. should definitely read Batman: Dark Knight Returns. You can read it to each other like I read it to the boy. Be romantic. It's <laughs> it won't great. happen. It's great. It's great. Yeah, it's gonna watch more episodes of Shameless. That's the plan. Yeah. Well, th- the thing is, I'm watching Shameless, and I'm trying to sink Shameless in, and then I'm gonna get caught up on Ray Donovan. Which, if you haven't seen Ray Donovan, that is yeah. A when TV you were talking about Shameless being a great Showtime series, Ray Donovan's the first one popped into my head. I watched the. I've only seen the first season of Ray Donovan, but it was excellent, mm-hmm. very excellent. Well, I would definitely watch the rest of it. Here's the thing: I have Showtime right now because I got Showtime for the what was that box of magic? It was Anthony Joshua and Joseph Parker. 
Mm-hmm. Forgot to cancel the subscription. It was supposed to be a seven-day free thing. Mm-hmm. So I saw it come out of my bank account and went, well, it's 10 bucks that came out. Yeah. I might as well use it. Because yeah. right now I'm watching Shameless, and then I'm going to get caught up on Ray Donovan, and I'm just going to go through it after that and see if there's anything else I want to watch, and I'm canceling it. I'm looking forward to the second season of Westworld. So I'm, I'm looking at it right now. I'm paying $10 to get how many seasons worth of fantastic television in my opinion mm-hmm. first I'm knocking out the shameless hopefully some good movies but I guess Dexter. you don't have time you got well, some movies I can find anywhere I'm not as worried about the movies mm-hmm. I mean if I like I said I'm going to have that time to go through it again because I'm just forcing myself when I watch TV I'm just watching the Showtime app right now mm-hmm. like I'm paying 10 bucks for it right now let's just do it because um, I plan on getting rid of it immediately. Mm-hmm. So I have like 30 days to cram everything I want from Showtime in you know with the time I'm allotted to so right now it's shameless. I think I killed the whole season seven in about a week, right. week's time, a little week plus. Mm-hmm. So I mean, like I said, it's like it's like my go-to when I go to bed, or if I have, the, I like to throw TV on while I'm cleaning the house or doing chores. Like I'll throw something on and watch it as I'm doing other things. So yeah, but if you haven't seen Ray Donovan, that is a show I highly recommend. Are there three seasons now. I think they're up to four. Yeah, or maybe that, five. That'll probably be the math. Season one was good, I remember, but season two was. I mean, Leif Schreiber and John Voight are superior actors. I mean, mm, like, I remember me and my brother stating, and this is this is words that we used amongst each other. Mm-hmm. Season two, I remember there was an episode at the end. It was some of the best TV we've ever seen. I'm just gonna. Is there any way you can talk about it without spoiling it, just to give us anything? Some vague Mm-mm. description of how characters... I've only seen it once, but I remember we all had the general consensus. It was some of the best... I mean, it was, it's just such a beautifully written show. I remember season three being fantastic. I just... I highly recommend it. Like, if you can find a way to get it, that is one of the TV shows I just highly recommend to anybody. That, and the other one that's newer that's out is... um. It's on Netflix. I always recommend that Ozark with Jason uh, yeah. Bateman. Yeah. I highly recommend Ozark to people. Like That first season was dope. He plays the head of a family and follows him and his wife and his kids. They have moved to Ozark, which is a secluded part of upstate New York, mm-hmm. to escape some white-collar crime yep. that he's committed and trying to run from one thing i've learned people love in television and it makes great series Mm. if you love crime dramas Mm. if you just love expecting anything crazy crime we love moral conflict and a lot of times these high quality serialized cable dramas i think one of the things that really draws us to them is these characters are in impossible situations where there doesn't seem to be good answers and Mm -hmm. sometimes it's because of things that they've done to themselves or the people that they love have done to them and so they you know, it's like you're almost stuck in these, you know, just just love seeing how another, even if they're not a real human being, you know, another something, how, how these people work through these moral gray areas and what happens next. And what, it's crazy. You know, other repercussions, does justice find them, you know, what, what, what does it all mean? Mm-hmm. Good stuff. Yes. Good stuff. It's my highly recommended shows if I had to... If you had to start something, you, you come up to me and you ask me, hey, what's a good TV show to watch? I need something new. Mm-hmm. There you go. If you haven't seen them yet. Mm-hmm. 
I mean, other than that, with TV, I haven't really watched a whole I mean, I'm lot. I'm trying else to think. Lately. I'm trying to think. If there's anything else I want to talk about this We're time? We're trying if to get anything to the else movies. To I feel like maybe I haven't given Terminator Two quite its due, but maybe we have. What about the cutting edge, like? special effects that was in Terminator yeah, 2. That's why that. I couldn't compare Terminator 2 to Terminator 1. Mm. The, the the special effects and the amount of detail they put in the Terminator 2 was first of its kind. I know one thing I really love about Terminator 2 and talking about Linda Hamilton's Sarah Connor and her evolution and just that, that character in that movie is just such a just just a just a wonderful just a, amazing i'm glad it exists mm-hmm. that she exists I'm glad sarah connor from t2 is a thing that i've experienced and i just love so i mean some of the some of the speeches that she's she's had and you think about her character from the first movie which is i mean from rip ripley from alien to aliens is uh, i mean still quite an evolution especially by the end of aliens but sarah connor from the first terminator to the second is they, I mean, it's like she, he almost, you almost want to say he made her Ripley, but she is her mm-hmm. own, her own thing. And I mean, maybe one of the things about him really stressing that strong female character is that motherly instinct is one of those things that really is a strong part of both of them. One of the beautiful things about Aliens was the parallel between Ripley's motherly feelings towards Newt and the the alien queen's feelings towards all of her uh, all of her things, all of her mm-hmm. her aliens and her eggs and her spores and everything. And that's what motivates Sarah to evolve from what we see in the first Terminator. She, you know, became, started to become kind of a badass in the end. She's, of course, spoiler alert, the one who kills the Terminator ultimately in the end of the first movie. And, uh, you know, the next time we see her, she's such a, she's she's such a warrior. She is such a warrior. Um, And one of her... I'm trying to think of which you know I don't have them written down in front of me, but I think I can at least capture the the essence of it. But one of the things that just this is one of the things you know Corolla talks about this a lot with movies, and I only mention that because I really don't want to be aping on his ideas too much, and I'm not sure how much this would have occurred to me, but it seems like it probably occurred to me a long time ago because I've been in movies for a very long time. Uh, perhaps before I started listening to Adam Carolla, even when he was when I was a wee lad listening to him on Love Line back in the day. Um, but he, you know, movies are you know action movies and comedies are not judged as fairly as the Oscar-y dramas. The they're held, the, you know, the, I would say they're held to a higher standard. But there's not even like they don't even have a have a shot at getting that kind of recognition with the critics as being. You know, I mean, in Terminator Two was well regarded. People, a lot of a lot of these same critics would say it's you know one of the best action movies ever, top five, that kind of thing. I would imagine it still gets that, you know, it's, it's in that conversation. But they still would not compare it to, you know, a Tom Hanks movie. You know, Forrest Gump or Saving Private Ryan. Those are the first two that popped in my head. And of course, Tom Hanks is in both of them. Like this is just it just seems like you're screaming for an Oscar. And some of the stuff in these some of these movies should maybe you know, like I hope we get to a point. I mean, the the Academy is expanding on a lot of things these days, and maybe they will open their hearts and their arms and their minds to genres where you really can get the best picture of the year. That is some marriage of what we want to go in the canon of film as well as what the people love. Because the best, the, the movies that are winning Best Picture and get nominated for Best Picture, 
you know, we haven't, most of us haven't seen most of them, and most of the people that we know have not seen most of them or any of them. Get Out's the only movie that everybody's seen. I haven't. Um, you haven't seen Get Out? No, I mean, I don't, you know, I'm so busy. It's a good problem to have. Like, I, I want to see it. Like, I'd have to be, I'd have to be with the right person that wants to watch it. Like, I watch all the stuff that I end up watching. It's because I, it's, it's because I'm watching it with a family member or a friend or something. And that's what we come to. And a lot of people just don't get down with horror movies. And I don't really get down with horror movies too much. Like, I, I don't can, either. Did you think I it was can, scary? It's supposed uh, to be a horror movie. It's, it's a like, horror movie more than anything else, wouldn't you really? say? Or, would you say it, it's a thriller? More of a thriller. Sort of a thriller, I would yeah. say more of a thriller, like kind of just... But I'm one of those, I can seat. watch a lot of horror movies and they don't scare me. It's kind of more on the edge They of don't seat. necessarily scare me like they used to. I watch the Purge movies. I'm looking, I've, I've seen all the Purge, I mean, I don't know if, the, I guess, I don't know if that counts as a horror movie. Like, I like the, I really like the horror movies that make you jump out of your seat. I, I like those. Well, I love and I the like Shining. watching them in theaters. I love The Shining. I mean, I love a good horror movie. And if I'm with, if I'm spending time one way or another with whoever that is into horror movies, then if I will seek out a good one and watch it. And even if it's not a good one, I can still enjoy it. Skeleton Key is a very underrated horror movie. Uh, took place in New Orleans, I think, right before Hurricane Katrina. Maybe that's why it doesn't get the the press or or whatnot. I believe. Kate Winslet was the lead. I've and Steven Sarsgaard is a great actor who was the second in that, and he was in Kinsey and a bunch of movies. You probably recognize him. He's one of those actors Ooh. like Steve Buscemi of twenty years ago. Where you'd be well, like, I'm oh, thinking about it. The new horror movie that just came out, I hear, is amazing. Uh, that Quiet Place yep. with our friend from The Office. Yeah, Zach something. I keep hearing that is original, unique, Emily Blunt, and very and, good. Uh, and he's also the new Jack Ryan, which is interesting on Netflix. The Netflix I TV series. Care. I know, dude. He doesn't seem like Jack Ryan, but action movies, bro. Honestly, I'm just not into them. Honestly, oh, I love action movies, but it, they still have to be good. I can't. It can't just be mindless action. With there is a nothing lot of else action movies. On. I absolutely. If it's love. well executed, I love the action, genre. especially like the budding cop. Tandem or like the comedian, you know, like the duos. I do love well, those the type a- of action movies, but it's been a while since I've seen a good one come out. Well, I guess that I guess the Marvel movies are different from action movies yes. and that kind of thing. See, uh, I put Marvel in a different category because, like I said, when I see movies and Jason I mean, Statham might be the biggest one on it. The Hitman's Bodyguard was dope. That just where came, they're just kind of doing things that just defy physics and logic, and they're supposed to be a normal human being. I just mm-hmm. can't take it serious. Now, if you're a superhero movie and you inhabited superhero powers and they explain how you got it and you're doing all this crazy stuff. I'm 100% for it. But when you're just a New York City police department officer mm-hmm. and you're jumping off of buildings, going through flying planes that are on fire, you're doing all this crazy stuff, I'm just like, I, I get it from my mother. I know yeah. it. But like my realness kicks in and I'm just like, I can't take this Yeah, serious. if you can't suspend your disbelief to enter that universe that they set up, like I can, I'm good with that. Like, show me the world that you have in this action movie in mm-hmm. the first, like Pain and Gain is a great one. I can pretty much get down with anything The Rock was in. <laughs> like, and he's in a lot of action movies mm-hmm. and I just, even a movie that's supposed to be bad like San Andreas, like San Andreas was great. Never like, seen it. It was, it was, it was great. It was, I was, but I know what I'm in for. It's consistent within what they're doing. They execute. This is not one of those movies that should be considered a best picture by any means, but they pulled off what they were doing and the characters were entertaining and there was enough stuff going on and it was, uh, you know, they, it, it was, it was a lot of fun and 
I wouldn't even say it's like stupid or mindless or dumb. Like it's it's I wouldn't quite say it's you know intelligent by any means, but it's a a competent movie and they are creative enough with whatever overlapping series of genres they're working with there. The Rock is pretty much his own genre at this point, kind of. They're remaking a Nintendo game called Rampage when they're just sticking The Rock in the I'm interested in that. I'm, I, I want to go see it. Yeah. It's going to be awesome. I it's going to be too. great. Yeah. It's going to be great. I, mean, I would like to go see that in theaters. It's ridiculous. Yeah. It's ridiculous, but it's great. <laughs> But I'm okay with movies like that. Um, I am too. And maybe it's because I grew up... Remember how I told you before I got into mixed martial arts? And that really is all the action hero movie I need as far as realistic. Because I'm watching real martial artists battle, men and women. Mm -hmm. But remember, like I said, before I got into mixed martial arts, I had that period with the pro wrestling, which transferred into martial arts movies. It's like I grew up with martial arts, and it didn't really get big till I was about 19, 20 years old. Like, that's when it was coming on the rise and it actually had rules and became a sport. Mm -hmm. So I watched a lot of martial arts movies. I was a huge fan. My biggest one, I still say it, I was a number one fan of Jet Li. I was a huge fan of Jet Li. That's interesting. I liked Jet Li when Romeo Must Die came out and they released Black Mask. Those are the movies I didn't even care much for them. I so liked, you liked him before that or after I that? I loved him in Lethal Weapon 4. Oh yeah, that's right. That was that was before Romeo Must Die. That I think was that was his like, debut. That was his U.S. debut. Like, yeah. Who is this guy? Yeah, but there was a was Japanese movie that was called cool. I saw Fist that of Legend. I used to watch that movie in subtitles. So that all that the was time. before Lethal Weapon Four, right? Yeah, that was right? in Japan. Yeah, I'm sure he had, he's probably um, like Jackie Chan or whatever. Where he's got a million things back one? in his home. What's the other one? It was Jackie's Kiss of the Dragon. Chinese, of course, loved him in Kiss of the Dragon. That was a good movie. Um, and that's when, like, he's doing these crazy things, but he's using martial arts, and it's so realistic, the action. Like, it's nothing that's very, that's not credible, okay? It's not like, like, when I saw Fast and the Furious, it, I stopped watching that. I could get okay. I've, I've, I've actually seen bits of a bunch of those movies. I've never watched one of those all the way through. I would. But I would just. You, um, it would just have to be something that I'm also doing with some with with a with somebody else. You know. I just have to give you my a brother take or what a friend or what what have you. Something like that. Where because I'm not just gonna sit down and watch that movie. And I just haven't been in that situation. And some movies I don't need to be with. Uh, you know, a, I don't need to be like hanging, making it a share, making it a social activity. Fast and the Furious would have to be one of those because I'm just not gonna. I'm not. I'm not compelled to go through the Fast and the Furious trilogy to like. Trilogy, it's up to like nine. I mean, not now, trilogy, right? series, yeah, something like that. But I mean, it was the fourth one. This is when I stopped watching it, and it's because this is the realistic stuff I'm talking about. The uh, guy that plays uh, the character, um, you know, Vin Diesel's character. Mm -hmm. Literally, he was in this circle, and I remember somebody shot him literally on the arm, mm -hmm. and he just went, "Ugh, okay." Like, you just got shot. They're basically superheroes. I hear. Like, I hear they're basically superheroes. It's. I can't take that stuff serious, man. Like I just can't. All but flying. You know, I grew up. Another one I used to love, Jackie Chan. Jackie Chan was known for doing I've his own stunts. I've watched Rumble in the Bronx like a hundred times. Yes, because it's so cool to watch. Mm -hmm. And then he did Rush Hour, Rush Hour Two. They you were know, I've great. Never seen those. You never seen those? Mm -hmm. I recommend it. if if you like that style. Okay. I'm very picky about my action comedy, and with for some, I mean, I love Chris Tucker and Fifth Element. You'll love it. I don't. As long as I mean, is it one hundred percent action and one hundred percent comedy all the way through, or do the mm -hmm. comedy and the action take away from each other? 
It was good. Okay. It, it was it was good. I, I remember enjoying both of those very okay. much. I really liked too, and I loved it for the. I used to just study the action scenes. Yeah. And, I mean, um, he was he was a master too, mm-hmm. like that. I mean, at the very least, his fight scenes. Uh, and there, and I'm pretty sure Jackie Chan's all like well, PG thirteen. Were you a fan of Chris Tucker? Did you like him in Money Talks? I never saw Money Talks you know, with Charlie Sheen. Yeah, I never saw. Oh that. man, that's another one. That's good. See, I was a big Chris Tucker fan. I would also. actually check that out. I would watch that today. I mean, I lo- three movies. I for mean, you. I, I, I mean, just Fifth Element's one of my favorite movies, and. Some people will criticize Chris Tucker's presence in that movie. That movie would not be what it is without Chris Tucker in that movie. I would at least it's recommend great. you at least trying to get through the first... Um, yeah, I would check out the first Rush Hour. And uh, Rush Hour. And if you're not into it, just don't worry about the second one. I like the second what one. What about Shanghai course, Noon? Was that any good? Did you see that? I didn't waste my time with that, John. <laughs> um, I, I mean, like yeah, I said, me neither. I, got no I had idea. to feel like there was a little bit of realistic realisticness to it. And Chris Tucker's hilarious. Mm-hmm. I always enjoyed his comedy. Mm-hmm. Uh, Money Talks was very good. That's one I recommend. Nice. Um... Love that movie for a long time. Nice. All right. So earlier, Terminator 2, I was starting to get into one of the things that I really liked about this, one of the things that really helps tie it together and make it help help really cement it as just a, a beautiful work of art is some, some of the voiceovers, the soliloquies by Sarah Connor. And one, you know, they they it's after they've rescued her from the mental institution and she's down, I think they're in Mexico or near Mexico with, you know, her people that she's befriended in between movies and everything and they have a bunch of her supplies and weapons and all that and they're hanging out, getting ready, regrouping. Their plan is to go out the next, you know, set, you know, go about their, and continue their plan the next day as to what they're going to do, where they're going to go, that kind of thing. And, you know, so she's just hanging out across camp and John is talking to the Terminator and John's been trying to sort of explore the humanity of the Terminator. And John, I mean, Edward Furlong is, wait, that is Edward Furlong. Yeah, Edward Furlong's portrayal of John Connor in that movie is also just glorious, you know, in, in, in another timeline where the Academy is not what it is, uh, I mean, I don't know if I'm voting with my heart here, but at least nominated for best supporting actor, maybe. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know. Maybe I'm maybe I'm way out of line with that. I'd have to really think hard about that. It's the first time I've even considered that. But he's great, and the, his interactions with the machine, and you know, the machine getting humanized throughout the movie. Arnold, of course, is what I'm talking about. And so she's watching them. You know, they just got finished. You know, John and Arnold were just fixing fixing a truck, the truck that they're going to take and to to continue their plans or whatnot. And, you know, John's, of course, been chatting him up the whole time trying to... And John's a natural leader. It's great. You can see the foundation for someone who's going to be the leader of the human resistance in the future. Like, and you can... And the fact that Sarah's instilled all these things in them. It's just great. Great failure dynamic. <laughs> and, uh, um, and she's across camp watching them interact. And this is when John... Short, this might be shortly after John tried to teach him to smile, which is a beautiful scene. Um and he's they're they're practicing high fives and John is pulling the hand away, messing with him, and then I think as she starts to do her voiceover soliloquy thought bubble, you see the machine pull his hand away, something like that. Some some little little touching moment and she's and just Sarah Connor goes, Watching John with the machine, it was suddenly so clear. The Terminator would never stop. It would never leave him and it would never hurt him. Never shout at him or get drunk and hit him. Or say it was too busy to spend time with him. It would always be there, and it would die to protect him. Of all the would-be fathers who came and went over the years, this thing, this machine, was the only one who measured up. In an insane world, it was the sanest choice. 
and I just like that's great writing and <laughs> you know you got the score going and everything and she has a similar little speech near the end of the movie but I don't know if I found it here and I guess I might just let that one go found something let's see let's see see. oh they got a quote from the special edition if you guys have never seen it the terminator 2 special edition is super dope you get to see an extended dream sequence where michael bean aka hicks from aliens aka kyle reese from terminator aka john connor's father uh has a pretty extended scene with with sarah it's like a conversation you know more of her being sort of a prophet that kind of thing but uh, the speech I was looking for was basically how the, how the movie ended, where she talks about how the future's not set, blah, 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 blah. A little more eloquent, because I can't remember because it's been a while. Hmm. All right, guys, I think we're good to go here. Uh, this was fun. We're going to pick up part two uh, shortly here, and these are probably both going to drop at the same time, so you should check it out soon, if not right away. Uh, I think we're going to get into some MMA talk. Um, certainly not going to be too exclusive to the diehard fans, which we, of course, try to uh, appeal to the rookie and veteran fight fans of mixed martial arts, especially the UFC on Better Fight Cast. Subscribe to that and this, Better Health and World. Well, I don't know what this is, but this will probably be on the Better Health and World feed at the very least um, on Apple Podcasts as well. Uh, we're going to talk some, so there's a lot, the, the, the Connor, the, the, the man that everybody knows about the sport. Uh, we're going to get into, we're going to get into his situation. The, uh, the, the notorious criminal. Uh, I don't know if we'll start with that. We might. We'll see. So follow Joe at Jano's MMA, Gabby at Gabby underscore T, and me at Matthew J. Better. We love you guys and girls. Peace. <laughs>